Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the weekly grind with James Ross and Henry. <laughs> this is take two of uh, our podcast series, and as you may have noticed, we've finally come up with a name. And the name, the weekly grind, is from the fact that you know once or twice a week you come together with your friends and you have a good old moan, good old rant, or sometimes a good old debate so we thought it was a, it was an apt name for what this podcast is going to follow in terms of its overall theme um so for those who haven't listened before which is everyone apart from <laughs> so um we we have a three three structured part to our podcast the first is a topic uh, more of a debate the second is something from the news which we discuss and the final part is a pet peeve, which our guests would bring. Um, unfortunately, on our second podcast, we don't have a, a guest because we were doing it slightly earlier than normal. We, we thought we'd duck out of work a bit early. Um, but that being said, I'm sure, sure we've got plenty of pet peeves th- between us to discuss. So without further ado, first of all, Henry, how are you? I'm very well. I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> you said you didn't feel well. Well... <laughs> For the purposes of this podcast, I thought, oh, I, might, I, I, thought I might just. You don't uh, want to. You don't You don't show any feeling. It's all a front. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, one yeah, big for the show. Front. Must go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, <laughs> I'm actually quite tired. It's a Monday. Yeah. It's been a it's been a busy day. We did have a big pie for. Yeah, we went to we went to you know we're not sponsored by them, so this is by no means. There are other pie brands available. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we went to Five Minutes Early, and uh, I'm feeling rather full. And we had some uh, leftovers from a work party on on Friday as well, which I mean I've helped myself to. I'm not sure about Henry. He's, very, um, he's a bit healthy. I had I had the cake. I had the cake. Oh yeah, shout out to me, ma'am, for baking the the cake for work. Yeah, yeah went out really well. It's lovely. <laughs> well, without further ado, <laughs> okay. let's crack on. So I think it's been a bit more exciting now. Now that we've got our setup, I think we're we're probably arguably more excited than than last week because we know what what's what we want to talk about. Mm. Um, this week, the first topic is space and the question i'm asking is why are we so intent on trying to get to mars now i i have background about this and and you know it's all up for debate so what i want to make really clear is i'm not arguing about space education i think people should know about space i think it should be investigated i'm i'm happy about that Mm. i'm but what i'm saying is i categorically deny that going to mars is a good use of our time as human beings as a species for any use you know i, I really do think it's, it's just a joke um and i think there's a stat that's just come out of the trump administration that uh, nasa spending cuts of were 0.8 percent so pretty pretty tiny and and really they've only had to cut their most stupid of ideas like moving an android asteroid or something like that. i mean hmm. But the Environmental Protection Agency has had their budgets cut by 38%. So you're willing to, to spend money on projects that, you know, just take you out of space and, and to the to ultimate realms. And let's let's be honest, that, that is the fairyland dream. However, 
you know, back here on our own planet on Little Earth, you know, we're, we're kind of willing to, to disengage with it and start thinking about what's what's the next step. Um, I think, yeah, so from, from my point of view, I, I feel like, you know, we need to look home first. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Henry. Yeah, that was pretty. But um... you're you're on the side of Elon Musk. I know you are because Elon Musk, well, who runs SpaceX, yeah. was like, "We we should go to Mars." You know, it's exciting. There's opportunity. There's things greater than Earth. I think Elon Musk. So Elon Musk has recently come out with this thing where he's a bit. He's like a sort of afraid of the human race dying. Um, he's a very negative. If you are the future of our human race, and um, he sort of is almost a mission to try and come up with a way of sort of giving us an opportunity to maybe uh, explore new opportunities for the human race to expand out of our. Um, but do you, do you buy that? Do you actually buy that? I don't. I don't really buy it. No. Um, that particular point I don't buy, um, but I do think it is worthwhile going to Mars and trying to explore Mars. Um, Why? Um, because so Mars is <laughs> our closest planet that is. Um, uh, is most like us. But it's sense. actually not though, is it? As in as in yes. Okay. Yeah. If we take you word by word from what you just said, yes, it's the closest thing to us nearby. You know, Jupiter and Saturn aren't gonna make the cut really, are they? I agree. But yeah, again, it's, it's not a viable planet to live on really. It's, it's that they've already well, spoken it's about the it. most viable planet in our solar system. Solar system, yeah. yeah. But, I mean do so, you could you say you want to live on it? Um <laughs> I wouldn't personally want to live there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's not the question you asked in the podcast. Is it? But if um, you have no intention of living there, why are we trying to send people from, you know, God knows where else there? That's what I'm saying. Right, so the only way we're going to find out whether... So the whole idea of exploring Mars was to try and find life on Mars. So in the 1970s, there was this guy who found an asteroid in the Antarctic, and it was the best place to find asteroids. Right. And the reason why it's the best place to find asteroids is because whenever something lands, you're effectively landing on a white sheet of snow. Yeah. And you can see that um, anything that's come from the sky is going to be on the top of yeah. the white sheet. white sheet of snow. So you can tell that rock or whatever is my very space, my right? very basic mind gets really confused because <laughs> I'm like for surely it would just not hit that way because the earth is is sat like on its vertical um, right? so how does it come under yeah, yeah that's so just that's we'll just talk about gravity later, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, um <laughs> but um so um Anyway, he's looking at these, and most of the rocks that he finds are sort of asteroids, right? And then he found this rock, um, and he thought it was from an asteroid. And um, so it got archived, yada, yada, yada. And then it um, it got stuck in a drawer in some museum or wherever, some science lab, for 10 years. And uh, after these 10 years came up, and a geologist wanted to start studying 
um, asteroid rocks. For some boring reason. rocks. Really yeah. boring rocks, yeah. And um, he uh, took the sample and put it under a microscope and he realised that it actually wasn't an asteroid rock, it was actually a rock from Mars. And he, when he put it under his microscope, he was searching and searching, looking around this, this rock. How does this and bloke he, know that, though? How does this bloke go, yeah, wax it under his microscope and goes, and how the hell he knew it, it was from Mars? From, he knew it was from Mars because not because he put it under the microscope. He knew it from Mars because of our, because in the space between the 1970s and the 1980s, that 10-year gap, our knowledge of asteroid rocks <laughs> had, expanded. had expanded astronomically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and anyway, he's looking in the microscope and he found a fossil. He found a fossil of a of a um, it's like a, a little a bacteria type. But how has that happened? How has it got from Mars to, to Antarctica? How is this right? I've got no idea. Tell, me, it's, the, it's, tell me the journey. I, I don't see it. I don't understand. I, I don't. I don't know the 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 ins and outs of this. But essentially, he found this bacteria. Now nobody really knows whether this is a Mars marsh, like a bacterial kind of um, alien, essentially, or it had been contaminated. With, you know, um, ice sheets like from Antarctica, exactly. From many years ago. Um, and so it was kind of slight squash. But it, so how does it find the point? Well, it it basically enhanced, it sort of dro- drove the um, uh, the inspiration the inspiration behind. behind trying to find life on Mars because. Essentially, if you look at the geology of Mars, if you look at it from powerful sca- telescopes, you can see that there are rivers and, you know, the, the way... Well, they're the dry rivers, aren't they? I yeah, thought dry, they found out they were there dry were no, There are no rivers there, but they are... There's no... Uh, the rocks have be, are formed in a way that they used to be. I they, mean, it would be shockingly boring on Mars. Um, yeah, I mean, the photographs are <laughs> just deserts, yeah. you know, desert and rocks. But again, it comes back to the point, so why do we want to spend... Hundreds of millions going there, but the you know you, haven't, hundreds, you haven't given me hundreds, that reason. You okay, haven't so, given me so, a category. We should go to Mars and spend this money because. But I. <laughs> um, I've got him. I've yeah, got him. The uh, no, I think um, it does. It does filter down. So um, if you spend, so for example. In order to look at the rocks and stuff on Mars, you need r- robots, robotics. You need all that science, all the science that goes into launching a rocket, putting it, landing it on Mars, and then getting a rover or a robot and exploring the surface of Mars allows. Will will all of that science, all of that technology, all those things are pushing pushing the advancement but of. I've- I then come back, uh, and you will, and you will see that. But also, it's the study of geology that you know it may be really boring to look at, but actually, you know, to a geologist, it's absolutely fascinating. You can actually see either what the Earth will be like in whenever, how many years time, a million years time, or or what it was like by but studying the rocks. You cannot worry, and therefore your ecological point. You can, um... but you cannot worry going there. You know, when, when, when you've got, you know, the poverty line in the US. Yeah, if we go back to Trump's you know, yeah. dismal decision to do this, you know, truly unbearable that you know he, he believes the environmental stuff is is a myth 
But he's he's slashing budgets there, and you've got people well below the poverty line with no health insurance, etc. But you know, it'd be great for some geologists to get their hand on a moon rock or you know a Mars rock. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, to me, it just sounds like you know we're 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 trying to run before we can walk. We're trying to you know have you watched the Mars? Now that does not look fun. But also, it it just said to me that. You know, you get to Mars, it's not, it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be, really. So, you know, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot yeah. of, you know, and, and my favourite thing is that was it there that NASA have started doing the, they've gone out to to like couples, you know, that have been together for long periods of time because there's something crazy that you're gonna have to spend like two thirds of a year in a capsule together. And they need you to obviously get on well. Yeah. So my mum and dad there, will be out. <laughs> there was that competition for... Because it's something there's, like yeah, this. Yeah, there's really. like, if you, it's like a one-way journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you are I mean, who to... signs up to that? I mean, yeah, loads of morons signed up to it. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, bloody hell. But I mean, Jesus. You, yeah. you get to Mars and be like, right, so you've got to walk around with a tank on your head the old times. So you feel like a constant state of yeah. being a fish. Yeah. You can't really do much. You know, there's no beach. No holidays. <laughs> no holidays. There's no Cornwall, you know. Yeah. So the way I see it is, is we we just, it's just totally un, absolutely unnecessary. I get what you're speaking about the technological advancements, but you don't need to go all the way to Mars to do that. We've got some very sophisticated people out there doing amazing things, and you know you've got. SpaceX, you know, and private companies are just like the flag. If they want to spend their money on going to Mars without taking taxpayers' hard-earned money... You're okay with that? No, you can do what they want. You know, because if Elon Musk thinks sending 40 people to Mars is going to somehow make him more money or he thinks it's going to advance the human race, I think they'll get there and be like, it'll kill each other within a week because that's what humans do. Yeah, I mean, the political point you make is a little more complex than just, oh, there are poor people in America who aren't giving them money and not... Because the um, no, it's not more. It, it is. It is it's not. Complex. It's not. It is. You can't be cutting costs, not cutting costs for an extremely expensive agency. That you know. It depends look, what look, you I'm, think. I'm, it depends what how you see. You're talking. It to depends the, how you see improving. It depends how you view improving the economy. Are you saying we should send those people to Mars? Is that what you? No, I'm, I'm saying... But they, <laughs> but they won't see the, the long term... I mean, they'll be long dead. Most of us will be long dead before any of this is discovered. But but, but realistically, they're just not going to get benefit from 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 someone going to Mars and, and being there and, you know, the geologist finding out about some fucking rock structure. I just feel bad. You know, I'm, I'm a man of the people. <laughs> well, I, I think they will because I think they will benefit from it. It will be an intangible benefit, but it will be a benefit... It would be a benefit because they, the industry that, that the scientific intellect, intellect that goes into getting to Mars will filter down into industries in America, and that will filter down into the American economy, uh, which will then filter down. Into but it's, yeah, I just feel like you know, that, but before it filters, there is before a, it filters there also out. Is a, another political point here about you know, there's we are in a sort of funny stage in our t- time at the moment where we're sort of slightly back into Cold War territory. And oh God, we're, getting, we're, getting we're getting really into, deep. Going into space race. <laughs> yeah, stuff. I get... But, but, and, you know, but Mars we want is not, anything to do 
anything to beat the Chinese or the Russians is going to be... Which is a shame, because really this should be about collaboration and... and uh, I think there is. I think there is. You see that in the International yeah. Space Station. But, I mean, my, my biggest... I, I guess, really, we need to take a step back and, and, and look at Star Wars causing this anarchy. Because Star Wars gave us that idea, right? <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, Star Trek, I guess you could argue, but it, it's given us this, and even when we flew to the moon, I think it gave us this perception of like, one day we're going to be like this, this amazing race of people that's just going to, you know, but that cannot happen if, you know, we're, we're still at war with each other, shooting each other. You know, it's, just, it's just never going to happen because unless you have that one solid goal and it's, as a race, we go right. You know, we. You know, I'm. This is just stupid thinking, and I know this. You know, don't try and think. Oh, what about the world what, peace? What about if, you know, do you think if uh, America landed on Mars and they put their sort of, you know, if you do you know that from the in the American passport, if you look at it, I don't know if they've changed their passport recently, but the last time I looked at an American passport, <laughs> which was about five years ago. The inside, and you know, in the in British passport, they've got like birds and yeah. stuff inside. Well, in the American passport, in the inside, they've got like a picture of each county, each sort of state of America. Um, so, like, you know, you know Alaska's all snowy, etc., yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. And then on the, on the last page, get, they've got a picture of the moon. Of course, of course, they put their flag There's on a it. sort of element of, oh, yeah. No, I've got. I've been there. We've got there first. Yeah, you put a nuke on the moon, and you know you're running. You the sh- you're running the show. I just. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think honestly, I think like even even Elon Musk is at a certain point of view. His dream would be like you know world leader, and he's the guy that gets to Mars first and puts the flag on it, and then he's also the one that gets on the ship, fucks off, and leaves forty people there just to. Fucking, yeah. Exactly. Good luck. But Elon Musk is doing this thing where he's like taking tourists. Yeah, I know, but to, similar to know, Virgin Atlantic, Virgin isn't it? Atlantic, you know, yeah. not Virgin, Virgin Atlantic, Galactic, Virgin Galactic, Galactic yeah. yeah. But but I think I think that you know private enterprise and stuff, and this goes back to well, there's a point I wanted to make about you saying science would trickle down into. I, I disagree, but before that science gets to you know you and I, or or anyone for that matter, it will it'll be gobbled up by the private companies, and and they will take it and they'll take that tech and and they'll put it into a car, they'll put it into you know a drug. Which yeah, which then which then falls down to, to us having... and people need to be employed to but sell not, that not car all the and people. then all... no, but also you know this is more about you now we're talking the car you know we've gone all over the place we're talking about cold war now we're talking about consumerism and the fact that you know we just want more and more and more really the science now is is just a development on that you know are we entering a new tech era maybe that's a topic for another time anyway I think we've probably <laughs> <laughs> we've probably taken up more time than than we would normally hope it was running. We'll cut this out and edit. It's 20 minutes <laughs> on, our, on our 10 minute structure. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really interesting topic, and I think I think the the reason it's it's most powerful though is because people dream and people love that concept of space, and mm. I think it's because of things like Star Wars and that and that whole you can live in space and travel space, and mm. you know there's more out there. You know, I just think what I we, mean, yeah, what we I mean, have is pretty good. When we originally thought about this question, you posed as should we be exploring space yeah stop, which i've gone which, back on yeah. a little bit but not because you know i still think it's very expensive and i don't think we're ready for it only because 
it's such an American idea, isn't it? To, to rather than fixing what we have, let's just go and get some more. You know, let, let's just go and find another planet to shit on, rather than trying to. And I think that's a very much an American dream point of view. Well, and also, I, it doesn't necessarily have to. I think also you've got in your mind that America's just pumping serious amounts of cash into this, and I, it's true they are pumping serious amounts of cash, but it doesn't necessarily need to have serious amounts of cash pumped into it. No, it just you needs that, clever um, people to, to be doing something. But but yeah. what I'm saying is that NASA do amazing things. They do amazing things. So really the point comes that, you know, the, the reason we focus this was because my issue isn't with it's some of the amazing things that, that go unnoticed from NASA, projects. but it's very specifically the big ones. And, and to, to be fair, you know, some of them have been cancelled. Barack Obama wanted to do the uh, something where you we landed something on an asteroid, cut the rock off it. And then flew that back, and we examined that asteroid rock, you know, and and they were like, well, to you know, get a rocket, match the propulsion of the mm. the asteroid, land on it, you know, successfully take the rock off, you know, you're talking about a 1.8 billion pound project that would most mm, likely fail, yeah, and and in honesty, I think they're the kind of things where I'm like, stupid, stop doing it, and they and and the the Trump dynasty has now stopped that, but the other thing that's a shame is they've stopped the NASA education program, and I think. Learning about space is very exciting. I think you know quantum physics and and the realm of the universe and understanding that is is massive. And I think you know all for pursuing that. I think it's just the things like you know I think it's all about PR and and you know very much like you were saying about the Cold War in America wanting to put flags and things and and you know and I think that that's what the Mars thing really is about. It's about like. It's you know it's a race to Mars. It's not about life on Mars. I don't I don't think categorically. I don't want to live there. You don't want to live there. So why, who else is going to live there, <laughs> apart mm. from you know that first group of people that are like we. But it is kind of the next. Step, no, it's not. It? It's so the next boring. thing in the whole space exploration thing. Isn't it? I think we have to stop there. Okay, let's stop. Because <laughs> otherwise we're going to stop there. But I think it's a really interesting topic. I think that's what we take away from that. And I think, you know, a lot of people will side with you, to be honest, that, you know, this really going to Mars isn't a bad thing. And I guess that's not what I'm saying. And, you know, there are so many great outputs, science, ecology, geology. But, and all those learnings, all that stuff will be brought not just back in industry, but also yeah. back into teaching and but education. But I just think and... of, you know, cost per learning basis. Mm. You know, you're talking billions per learning you're making. And is that learning worth that billion pounds or... Yeah, well, it's, it's a difficult... So really, one. that's, that's difficult. the chop-up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you don't know what... You know, if you've sent 50 people there right. today, if you, we don't it's kind know of an investment as well. Like, you, you you don't know whether it's going to flop or not, but if... You, you know, you may not see the effects of it until 10 years, yeah. 15 years' time down the line. And yeah, that's why yeah. it's not difficult. I'll be long gone soon. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> cool. On to the second topic there. I think this, this will probably be quicker in the grand scheme of things but this is the the really wonderful section and and this this came from me reading an article last week which, which actually angered me a lot so there's new ticket touting laws that you can't sell on tickets from gigs because basically there's this big frustration i think i can't remember specifically what events this is i think it came from a charity event that someone was doing and it was you know 200 300 tickets for this event and some people got the tickets and then they sold them on and they were selling them for, you know, huge vast quantities of money. So it was like to see Dell or, you know, whoever it is. 
and basically, you know, Adele and Asia and blah, 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 you know, normally are just getting the £60 revenue, you know, from it, you know, and these people are making thousands of pounds to see their gig. So I can understand why musicians are then like, well, you know, it's not great, but I think they're blaming the people buying and selling tickets rather than people aggregating that process of buying and selling tickets. Because mm. you get sites that facilitate that process, right? Whether it's Gumtree or Sea Ticket or whoever it is, I don't, I don't know. But they're basically sitting on the other end, facilitating someone go, well, do you want to sell them a ticket because you can't make it? And then but people will just do it in other means. You know, like, well, I that's what I mean. Understand that's what I mean. Like they, they would just do on eBay. But did you have you have you bought tickets second hand off someone? No. Um, but you do you think do you believe in it? Would you? Um, would I? I've always sort of considered it a fairly sort of dodgy practice. Because oh, yeah. um, I'm just slightly worried that I have a deep mistrust of <laughs> everyone, the general public, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was worried that I'm just going to be Your sold some sort of crap ticket. You know, and, you know there was I, I remember going to the Olympics and watching the hockey. Yeah, and I had so. I thought it cut my ticket covered two games. Right. It was the Netherlands versus Germany, and it was. They were quite stingy in the Olympics, weren't they? Yeah. You had to like yeah, go yeah. to your thing. Yeah. And England versus I can't remember who it was. I think it was Germany. Oh, sorry, did I say Netherlands versus Germany? I think it was England versus somebody. I yeah. can't remember. And um, I, I. Just so happened I got the ticket that was the Netherlands versus... You know, <laughs> not the England not one. Not the England basically. one. And um, there were guys outside who'd got the same scenario, but all the Dutch guys outside yeah. going, oh, you know, I've, you know, do you want to do a swap? And I was so afraid of just like, oh, no, being like... Uh, the Olympic spirit was you know, not in yeah, existence. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so sort of like... You're like, I had the same need as you. screw me over. <laughs> That I, <laughs> I just, I just sat in a really boring <laughs> Netherlands <laughs> game that I really didn't want to be there for. But I haven't. But I've got legitimate tickets. <laughs> but the sad thing is, these people have come all the way from Amsterdam. They've come all that way yeah, and bought no. the exact same thing as you. They've gone, ah, oh, what? I don't get to go. I came all the way from Chiswick. Strapped <laughs> <laughs> Chiswick, I'll have you know, is on the TFL. <laughs> An extremely night <laughs> hellish journey. <laughs> um, well, we had similar, so we got tickets to Virgin, which were really hard to come by, and so that was a really cool experience going in it. And I can't remember, you know, the the, the actual event, but I remember it being amazing. But I thought we could be in there the whole day, and you were only allowed in there for, you know, like two or three hours. They did like half day segments, and you were like, oh. Yeah. So you had to go out and the next lot come in and you know they got a better. I remember their half of the day was better than mine and they you know they were all going. <laughs> and I was like, I can't remember the half day thing. I thought you know on that though, I think that's that's a bit of a shame because that's probably the change in time. Surely like you not trusting. I, sh- I should have. I sh- I should have really done it, but I, well, I didn't really have the. Because I, I think that's one of the cool things. That's why people still use Southside like Country because. There's that. It's, it's like a community thing, also, and I think that's 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 what the ticket, you know, ticket touts is just a horrible name for it. Because mm. really, there are lots of circumstances where it's just like you know, you just can't go to something, and or you know, and, and really, you just want someone else to experience it. And there's no harm in making a bit of money off that, really. You know, why why yeah, not? You I know, mean, you you you've grafted to get that ticket. They didn't. They've made a mistake, you know, and I always thought there's that beneficial relationship. That's what I always think for these situations. There's a, you know, help me, help you. 
is you know and i agree with you that you know there's a way of it being managed so that you don't get mugged off but gumtree is great because i've been on there a few times and i quite like it because you go on there and it's a bit of this community thing like i don't want this anymore but do you want it i'm not going to charge you over the odds for it i'm not going to charge you a stupid amount of money i just want it to you to pay for pretty much what it's worth mm. and then it goes to a good home and i think that's what's so nice about it and i think that's that's where it really works and you know you wouldn't say that you know bloody samsung wouldn't do about that to about their tvs would they they wouldn't go oh we you know hold on you bought our tv and sold it for more money because it's worth more car, manu- car manufacturers can't do it with ferraris apparently you know any new supercar you get on the list right and it's really interesting i was talking to a guy about we've gone off topic here but i think it's really interesting yeah. so a guy uh one of so's friends actually he, he's he, he bought uh, a supercar he's on a waiting list for one for instance quite a good good one tdr um but he was saying he'd try on to get on a couple of other waiting lists because they only produce a certain amount in the first batch what we're saying is normally you know 99 percent of the time you get on these lists by the time you got the car they're worth 50 grand more. more because you know so do they have everyone pay wants 50 grand more no 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 yeah. so they get them for the price of the car yeah, yeah, yeah. but apparently this is massive with ferraris as soon as you buy a ferrari once you've got it in your hands brand new one you know off their product line it's already worth significantly more because they're only going to produce two hundred thousand of them so there's always a set limit of yeah, that and, yeah. and so the value but then you don't go ferrari again like that actually i think we should streamline this process for us. They love it because it's their brand, right? It's their, you know, I always mm. think it, it just means you're good at <laughs> what you do. You, you you have a high value. Yeah. Um, the ticket thing is an interesting one. I'm not sure. Um, it's, it depends on how sort of trustworthy everybody is. It's, it's down to sort of trust. I mean, it's nice. But how do you build, you know, this is, this is a really difficult thing. How do you build trust in that yeah. very short amount of time and moments? And you know, it's all about does open room for like people to be well it happens you know, all the time I think, people are you know, inherently i see them outside chelsea all the time chelsea. where you know they're like yeah you see buy or sell buy or sell and but you ever know, bought one from one of those i know but i've had a friend that bought one and there was literally no issue and they tell you outside the gates you know please don't buy tickets even written in chinese or, or you know chinese japanese or thai mm. because obviously a lot come over and want to see chelsea Mm. And therefore, they go to these ticket touts. Um, and I think most of the time, Chelsea are just trying to prevent them doing it that way. They just want them to go through their side to reduce. But I, I just don't, you know, I just don't get it in the grand scheme. Of things. I don't, I don't understand what people are trying to achieve. I think mm. it's just, you know, let them do it. Yeah. Um, the more you try and police it, the more it's going to cost. The kind of go down this route. Yeah, it's a bit of a sort of catch twenty two kind of thing, isn't it? Like. Um... I suppose I can see it from Chelsea's point of view or whoever's, because it is. It, I suppose a product is slightly different than an event. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess. Um, which is what we're talking about here, aren't we? We're talking yeah. about products and events. Yeah. So. Um, in, I just find it interesting that you've never done it. Never. What I have, and I've. I don't actually, go to a lot I've, of. I've sold like, to a ticket as well outside of venue. I've sold him my tickets. Well, what what kind of events is it? Like, that, was just, that was just a gig. Gig. Yeah. I don't go to a lot of like <laughs> events. I don't really have a life. <laughs> just, <laughs> just art. Just read. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody can cheat you out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Second hand bookshop. Second hand bookshop. Fancy this uh, novel of the. Uh... <laughs> 
okay. Charles Dickens. Well, I think the grand scheme of things is, is, I think it's a shame. I don't think it really hurts anyone. It's never hurt you not doing it. Do you know what I mean? But for the people that do it, great. I think it's, it's really, there are even some sites that have tried to help the management of it and build trust and that side. I, I just don't see why it then needs the government to step in and create legislation about it. I mean, mm. something that's always going to happen, I just think. Yeah, I mean, I think there might be an element of government needs to sort of come across as doing some support, yeah, doing something, you know. Um, so, well, let's get on to our final and favourite section, of which we are going to ask our guest <laughs> about a pet peeve, a hate, a room one one situation that we can talk about. So, I'm going to have to ask you first, Henry. Oh, no. Um, what pet peeve do you have? What really bugs you? Um, I mean, I, I've got one that I, yeah, I was okay, actually really good. wanted to bring to this. Yeah, okay. And I think mine is courtesy. By that, I mean on commute. Yeah, I, I, I was going to go down the commuting route. I just find the whole experience everybody's truly horrible now. To the point where, you know, me and my girlfriend moved to make that experience better. Not just because the train line was crap. You know, we're not name, naming any, any names. Brands, yeah. Southern. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just think all you try and do now is just speed that entire process up. You don't want to speak to anyone. You're just trying to get from A to B with as minimal contact with human beings as possible. But along the way, you just get a load of dickheads, knobheads, you know, just walking. You know, fortunately, I don't have to go on the underground anymore because that was the worst experience. People shoving themselves on trains. Ah, there we go. I've got a specific one. You want specifics? Yeah. People that don't move down carriages. Oh, uh, yeah. People that stay halfway with their headphones in and they try and look the other way and they're <laughs> not trying to... And you, yeah. and you just think... You, so you, you want to see... Spot oh, God. And then they, they kind of look round and then shuffle up one space and you're like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I that... just think, like, stuff like... So there's this guy, <laughs> there's this guy called Rory Sutherland here. He's a sort of appetising guy. He did this really interesting talk on how perceived value and how like you can create value out of a, or the the ideal scenario is to create lots of value without spending very much yeah and um so one of the example he gave was that eurostar had you know three billion quid to spend and they paid a load of engineers to like, smooth out the tracks and make it all perfect yeah so that they could the train would get to Paris in uh, you know ten minutes shorter than the time yeah. it normally took. And he was like, Well actually, you know, they just should have just spent the ten billion quid on um, paying a load of supermodels to go down the train <laughs> with Chateau Petrus yeah. champagne and people would actually request the trains to be slowed down um, rather than speeded up and he was, you know, it's, it's, it's a stupid point but it's actually a quite an interesting point in the sense that you know, we can improve the daily commute just by like simple little things yeah, I I, I completely the lighting agree. on trains yeah. is 
dreadful. <laughs> like, <laughs> just <laughs> change like, it. <laughs> change it to like. I don't know, it's like you can tell neon... Henry's a creative designer. <laughs> I, I, I just I can't handle it. <laughs> the neon thing just creates an atmosphere of just makes everybody look pale and miserable and dreary. It's like like sitting in a, like a hospital waiting room. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's all you need is the noise to be like horrific. Mm. But yeah. I, I I think I, I completely agree. And and things like why are we there? It's still the only underground that can't have air conditioning anywhere. Yeah. We just still have to live through this furnace of of wind coming and going and just you know uh, all sorts of temperatures. Yeah, yeah. You'll get onto you get to like the Victoria line. You're like, this is a moderate temperature, and you're like, I can just about deal with this. And then you'll get in the central line and be like, what has you know what has happened between here and then? It yeah. caused such a it's like they've heated the carriage from underneath. And I I completely agree that that actually it's not you know it's at the point where yes I want to get home quickly, but I also you know, want to want to get home smoothly without kind of all these. I think that's the without reason. Without people. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. If I could just have a sofa. Back to the back to the <laughs> hatred of the human race. <laughs> can, we, can, we, just, can we split everyone? Yeah, just, just, but I, I oh. think it comes to the case that you know, if we were all just a little bit nicer. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not. Let's just be completely <laughs> open about it. Let's just be elitist and just. <laughs> Get rid of everybody and just Every, have <laughs> trains for, you know, I don't know. <laughs> for, for, for middle class conservatives. Yeah. No, I, no I, I, I think... I mean, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, there is, there's definitely an element... So what really frustrates me, okay, the tube is one thing being crowded, right? Because there are a lot of people that live in London, you know, you, you, you swipe your oysters to get in, you know, it's not really a controlled ticketing system. But it's when... <laughs> It's when you have like a train that's going up to Yorkshire or something. It's like a three-hour train. Just book the amount of seat. The yeah, train should book the I, amount of seats yeah. that people. You should There's have to book a seat. <laughs> yeah. You can't just book a train. You, know, you should have to pay two pound fifty for the yeah. privilege of an effing it's, seat. Yeah, it's absolute bollocks. You just everyone should just get a seat, and then if you're too late, you're too late. It doesn't matter. But yeah. like, you should just get a seat. And um, because it's completely insane having to stand from London to York yeah. I, I, on a train. It's like, what? You know, what era am I living in? What is this? Yeah, exactly. Is this India? <laughs> but I think that's a really good point. I remember, it was a couple of years ago, I got the train on Christmas Eve to, uh, and, and, and you'll hate me because I was one of those people that didn't book a seat. But I knew on the train there were unreserved seats. Yeah. But I also knew there were an incredible amount of people trying to get on this train. And it was like from Paddington all the way down to to Penzance in Cornwall. And it, and it, it, it like had a, had a stop after Paddington. And then it was literally two and a half hours to Exeter. You know, no stopping. And I remember I managed to get on and get a seat. So I got there like stupidly early. But it got heaving and you had people standing for two and a half hours in the middle of the carriage mm. all the way to Exeter and you just think why didn't this train company A think about Christmas Eve and and how we might be able to deal with that but B I agree with you they should just allow full seat booking do you First do that time. thing where you know when you're waiting for the train to come up on the board and when it comes out, everybody kind of rushes to the gate and tries to get I'm through. And, that, yeah. and then when you're on the platform, you have like sort of, you don't run, 
because that would be just like too um, keen to get your seat. But, but you have you walk you have like this you do awkwardly, <laughs> yeah. almost like you're in the Olympics. Speed walking, yeah, speed walking, but with somebody else who's like you know looking at you like I'm gonna get. <laughs> you're like wait, am I like? And you're looking at all of the. You know, that's my other pet peeve about trains, right? Is the amount of first class carriages they have. Yeah, like that is... what. You know, who travels first class on a train? And how like, different is it yeah, to exactly. the normal size? It's like ten of them at the beginning. You're walking past all these empty carriages. All like, at the start of the train yeah. as well. And you're like, right, I, so not only do you get an eye seat at the front of the train, I have to walk, you know, yeah. 30 miles. It's mad. It comes back to my pet peeve about you know, airport gates. Which... And then once you have your race, <laughs> have you ever done that thing where... You know, so in the Virgin Trains, you can't do it because they've got electrical ones that are wised up to it. But, you know, on like you have to open first the grade Western, they have, they're so budget first grade Western that they, um, they have like, so to your reserved seat is just a little like, oh, the ticket sticking out of the train. And so people just take it off. They're like, well, I'm not fucking This is my seat. Most people who book a seat can't be asked to. You know, when the train's full, you, they physically can't get to their seat because it's too full. Well, my other favourite thing is, is on Great Great First West here. And, and actually, the, the one that goes to Cornwall, which I don't know, but the fact that you still have to pull open the window to get put your hand open the out. door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where, what sentence? The driver's like, please, can you close the doors after you. Uh... Yeah, and I'm like, suddenly panicking. I'm like, how do I. Yeah, it's yeah. just so old school. Normally, I just press a button because I'm, I'm a London twat. And, yeah. like, and then you put your hand out, you're like, is this going to work? And then. Oh my just god. Just imagine what it's like for somebody who doesn't have arms. Hitting <laughs> <laughs> their head against yeah, the window. Just... Like, I can't, this is impossible. Yeah. No, but I think I mean, it, it just goes back to the point that really, you know, two hours to, you know, wherever, like two and a half hour train trip to Sheffield is absolutely fine. But if you could just make a more pleasurable experience in between that, yeah. a, a more hassle free, actually, okay. Forty minutes. You, know, you don't have to worry about that. You can have your ten minutes back. Do um, you like um, jovial announcers, like train announcers? I so um, <laughs> I I actually like some of them. You know, yeah. not that I'm prejudiced, but you know, there's a Jamaican guy in the Victoria line uh, yeah. at Victoria, and yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Good, yeah. He's like, wah, wah, come on through, move down, and and you know what? It puts a smile on people's faces, yeah. and actually. When he's doing it, it it's alright. And then you get some that have got their mouth right next to the piece and like, <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> you know, and then you're yeah. just like, oh god, you know, daily, the daily grind. There you go, that's what that is. Your community is the daily grind, and we're the weekly grind. There was, about there was one least. guy who, on when I was traveling into work, a uh, train driver, and I was trying to read my book, and he just wouldn't shut up about it, wasn't even like kind of. Um, he just kept on talking about uh, oh, and you know, good there are moderate delays on the Piccadilly line, Jubilee lines fine. Went through all the bloody lines, you know, just like just I'm trying to like I can't concentrate. And, uh, even this is really I great. Turn my headphones up. I'm still hearing it because I got the speaker in my ear. Bloody thing. I actually said the things that really stress me out is that Farringdon Station actually used to get the train to Sutton on um I can't remember the train now. But the, the trains made the most insane noise coming round the corner mm-hmm. from from mm-hmm. C- City Thameslink, like the screeching. Just, and I remember thinking, like I, I used to just be like squinting. It was, and I remember looking around, and most people were like, "Fine." I'm like, 
you know, is my hearing different to yours? Because this is, I wanted to get like a decibel meter to be like, this yeah. is like, Ashram, you need to put some oil on these wheels. And that's not really a pet peeve, but that's like just, a, that's just one of those horrible things. That maybe before... if you got one of those like dog, you know, like dogs here, like <laughs> yeah. a certain frequency. Super yeah, super oh, God. Like, but like, seriously. Everybody else is the just last... silent. It's like, you know, it's like a maglev train going past <laughs> my ears. I'm like, <laughs> my ears. Oh, but seriously, though, like, before you commute home, you know, you're knackered, you have a full day of work, and the thing I get is like screeching, and then the, you know, the highest yeah, volume, and I'm, just, yeah. I'm just like, oh my god, just get me home, you know, and you always think, like, if you're a really smooth commute, and actually, I think, like, the commute I have now, there's such a more positive impact, because I get home quickly, I, you know, I go to the bottom of the road, there's a bus every 2 to 12 minutes, it's really smooth, the bus is never rammed to the point where I'm like squidged in. I get to Waterloo, I get off the bus, I know there's like 12 to 14 trains an hour, varying in speeds, but I just know that the process is there, and generally speaking, we find the only time it's fucked up is when they're just like overrunning engineering works, yeah. or you know, there's leaves on the track, that's the leaves worst on one, track, I had yeah. leaves on the track, and, you know, trains cancelled for 45 minutes. I had... Um the guy didn't turn up like one of the staff oh that happens all the time yeah for Southern just leave you know like who cares like what is he doing obviously you don't need him just just go have you fired this guy yeah we need this guy so integral to this train moving like he actually there's a Trains don't run on engines. They just have a guy pushing the train <laughs> yeah. at the but back. Exactly. You know? it's so <laughs> what? Like, why do we need this guy? Some phrases were like, oh, you know, our train employees just aren't coming in to work. And it's like, you know, it's a system where you have like, other drivers or backups yeah. or do you, do you have a communication like, with like other temp, train companies? Like, yeah. T- yeah, like a temporary, temp teacher. Yeah, like a backup <laughs> train driver. You know, everything's just going to shit. You know, one guy's gone <laughs> and the whole train of things that he was meant to do that day is done. So if I didn't come into work today, they don't just go, well, these meetings aren't happening, I'm afraid. You know, people have a way of getting over it and apparently with train companies, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. But I do think that um, nationalising the train systems would be catastrophic, and I think that's that is really that's a thing that's terrible. I'm a idea. bit up and down about it. I'm sometimes I think it's a great idea, sometimes I think it's a oh, but let's be honest, most things the government run are, are average at best, yeah, very know, average. You know, if we're, if we're talking like right, I want an average experience, that's the best the government is going to get us. If we want a really high quality great experience and I, I I think some but companies you're not going to get a really high quality I think some companies have got a reasonably good setup. you think Virgin's alright yeah and I think you know back in the day when Southern actually ran trains I don't think they had a huge you know the, the only thing that I think really pisses people off is cancellations mm. or delays but I think what pisses them off more is when they don't inform you about it. Mm. And some of them are classic at this. You, you wait, I remember there was a 650 train. I'm really going off on one here, but a 650 train, I used to get most days home. Don't worry about that. <laughs> a 650 train that I got home most days, and it was almost always delayed. But they didn't tell you, you know, until 651, oh, this train is delayed for 20 minutes. Sorry for the inconvenience. And I was like, well, before. You know, when I got here at 20 to, to 7, I probably could have gone somewhere else, you know, gone to a different station and managed to get myself home or, or gone a viable route. But you've just told me, you know, a, a minute after it happened, and that really grinds at me, you know, it's that user experience. 
which mm. is interesting you know I, I think next week one of the topics I want to talk about that's in the news at the moment is is user experience of just generally um, no no I meant of of I'm going to talk about a company in particular and about how oh, I think right. their user experience is superb. And if we translated that, you know, what? How do you... Yeah, uh, how, how do you kind of expand that, you know? Yeah. And also, I think, how some companies are doing it really, really well and other companies are doing it really, really well. So. Yeah. But anyway, I think I think we should we should call it there. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed... Sufficiently ground. We've got our... grinded the grind. We smashed that weekly grind, but... I think yeah, I enjoyed enjoyed it actually. It was fun. Mm. It was fun. Well, thanks, thank you very much. Until next time, listeners. Next week. So. <laughs> <laughs>